Talk Show is brought to you by... Hey, want to feel young again? Are you tired, run down, have aches and pains, brain fog? This is science-based, not hype or fancy marketing. It really works. Carbon-60 helps detoxify your body on the cellular level. It stabilizes free radicals, just like the antioxidants found in red wine and berry stew, but on a far smaller, more bioavailable nanoscale. It's like a bottle of electrons, helping your body to function better. You can also apply it on your skin, topically, over muscles, joints, or organs. Most people feel results within minutes. This is not a drug. It's organic carbon. Feel better today. About 95% of our users report more energy and clarity of mind within 10 days. Give us a call at Greska's Carbon 60 at 720-600-6040 or visit our site at c-60.com. Call 720-600-6040 and feel young again. Folks, welcome back to the EMBC Network, iHealth Radio, the Sales World Channel, with your host, Hurricane H. Today is going to be a very interesting show. There's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today uh, that I would be learning myself. Uh, and uh, my guest is someone who is an expert in the matter that we're going to be discussing today. And uh, we're going to talk about some some business stuff today, some AI stuff, some tech, some regulations, some compliance some uh, you know equity, private equity. We're going to talk about a little bit of blockchain. I mean, you name it, we're going to talk about it. Uh, and with me today, I have Oscar Joffrey, who's the uh, president and CEO of, of uh, CoreChain and CoreConnects. So uh, I, I think I got that right. Right, Oscar? You did. Thank you. Yes. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Oscar. I, you know, I'm, I'm so delighted to have you here. And I know we're going to have fun because uh, a lot of concepts that you, we're going to talk about today are probably not maybe known to some but not too many and understanding them is 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 almost like i mean these are things that are basic in in the world that you're in but but do we know enough about them and things like that so so you know let's bring us to to the scene with with all the stuff that you do but before we get into all that let's talk about core chain and core connects you know as your primary companies and the story behind how it all started your background so just to get our people a little bit closer to you and your work and and and, and what your mission is in, ter- in terms of those companies and also the type of clients that eventually use your services. Thank you. I Again, once again, I appreciate the opportunity. And more importantly, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, the journey that I'm in, and I'll get into everything about me, is continuously provide education. We're not, we're, we've only scraped the surface of where we're at and the potential is even greater. So um, as you indicated, I'm the president, CEO, founder, uh, co-founder of both CoreConnects and CoreChain. So what is it that we're doing, these two companies together? We are empowering the private markets. What does that mean in big words is every day there are private companies being created. Uh, Just to give you an idea, in the United States, 32 million of them, almost a million of them, uh, Two million of them were incorporated just last year in the United States. People coming up with innovative ideas and things they want to explore. And uh, all these companies eventually need to grow. Uh, some of them want to raise capital. And as soon as that happens, it, it, you get on a journey that's quite often tangled with a lot of you know, uh, issues where people don't know where to go, navigating. They meet the wrong people. They get navigated one way or the other. Um, and 
we want to make that simpler. We want to make it easier for everyone. We want to make it easier for companies to be able to find all the right resources they need, lawyers, auditors, broker dealers, consultants that are properly trained to do this kind of work. Um, and we want to make it easier for the investors to be able to find these companies, look them up and make sure they're transparent so they can make those investments. And we're not guaranteeing one thing or the other that a company is uh, you know, going to be the home run. It's just being able to find them because the the key is we've now seen it. And Elon Musk has said it. Many of others have said it that had you invested in my company, my private company, a thousand dollars before I went public, it would have been worth 250,000. That's kind of a wake up call. So with all that in mind, uh, why are we talking about it now and not before? Because up until 2012, you weren't allowed to do it. And that's the bottom line. Up until 2012, 99% of the population was excluded from participating. So you're probably thinking, well, no, I can buy stocks in public companies. Yes, but you're buying it after everybody made all the money. <laughs> after <laughs> everyone made all the money. And that's the wake up call. The money is made in a company when it's private. That's where the money's made. That's where the wealth is created. When it goes public is where you can exit and liquidate and get that. But you don't make it when it's public. Yes, it goes up and down, but you don't see unless you're pumping in millions of dollars in that arena, you're you're not going to make it. So this is where it's at. So up until 2012, not possible. So what changed it all? So, well, my journey, like most entrepreneurs, I met a man that changed everything for me. His name is David Wheel, the fourth. He was the former vice chairman of NASDAQ, and he is the father of the Jobs Act. What is a Jobs Act? It was the, a new um, law that came in. President Obama signed it in on April 5th, 2012. That changed everything for all of us. It allowed us the ability for the very first time to say, hey, everyone, I'm raising capital for my company, and you can come to my website, and you can click on, on a button, and it's fully compliant. That was Ooh. a game changer. That right there. And anybody could invest. You didn't have to be just the elite one percenters. It could be everybody. What does that mean? Well, in the United States, there is 233 million Americans that qualify, meaning you're over the age of 18. You can invest, but you weren't given the opportunity. And, and, and up until 2012, the only people that could invest were the ultra wealth, the one percenters. So, it was, it was a hard journey. Why? Because could you imagine what I had to learn all these years? I had to learn something extremely valuable. No matter how good the, uh, the industry was doing, money all of a sudden was afraid. <laughs> like, so when David kept explaining this to me, I go, what do you mean? Money is going to compete now. It has to compete. And I go, what do you mean? I mean, they have the money. No, no, no. This is the misconception the whole world has had. Private equity, venture capital funds, where do you think they get their money? They get the money from everyday Joe who puts it into a fund. They get their 5%, but it's the fund taking all the money making and their, and their fees and all that. But now they have to compete because, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith can say, hey, I like that company. I'll invest directly. Why do I need to be on a fund locked up for 10 years? So that was a wake-up call for me. I knew we were on a path, what we call democratization. Democratization is a big word, but at the end of the day, is to allow every single person the ability to participate equally alongside the 1%. It's not to exclude, it's to include, inclusion, not exclusion. So 
Now we are on that path. 2012, President Obama signs it in. The regulations come in. So there we start hearing these terms, these new words. We hear regulation CF, regulation A+, regulation D. So these regulations, really what they are, is giving you a set of rules that you need to follow as a company in order to use them. As an investor, how you can invest in them. And as an intermediary, how you need to operate them. So it's quite, you know, you got to love a regulator who lays it out to you, black and white, how to do it and protecting everyone around. It's not perfect, but more importantly, it works. When we first came out in the market, everybody was saying, oh, this thing is going to be played with fraud. Every scam artist is going to come out there. And that's not the case. In fact, uh, you know, I uh, coming from the public markets myself, I point out to them that in, in 2001 or 2002, there was a publicly traded company that uh, was publicizing that it found gold in, in, in Asia and their stock was trading at $300 a share and it was worth five pennies, you know, no more than a year and a half ago. And then within, you know, less than six months, the company goes to bust only to find out there was no gold. So what did the regulators do? They amended everything, they fixed everything, but the billions of dollars was already lost. Billions of dollars lost. And people said, Oscar, it'll never happen again. Well, that's interesting because then again, a company called Sino Forest in, in, the, in the late you know, 2015, 2014, and then a whole bunch of trees went missing. Okay, the last time I checked, when I look at the forest, I see trees. So how do thousands of kilometers of trees go missing? They did. Isn't that amazing? So what we've learned is that, you know, when we talk about fraud, we keep forgetting about the big frauds and yet, and people, the reason they can't point it anywhere downward is because they don't know how it affected a person directly because they don't see them. They don't see your money. They don't see that you lost 10000 or 20000 when you put that money in the fund and they give you the bad news. And they go, so this private market is going to be full of fraud. It's not. Why? Because, first of all, the, the individual is directly in the company's cap table. They know they're connected. There's a connection. There's that. I'm not guaranteeing that every company is going to be successful. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's going to be different. And it's already, the evidence is already there. The evidence is already proving. How do I prove it? It's very simple. Numbers is everything. So when I started all this journey, I was in panels with venture capitalists and they would criticize me because what, what I was doing, promoting and educating on was saying it was doomed for failure. Because who in their right mind, they would say to me, would want to have 5,000 shareholders in their company. And I go, I would turn around and I would go back and I say, well, here's the question I have for you. When I visit your office, the first thing your team asks me, say, Oscar, how many customers do you have? And he goes, yes, that's, we need to know. And I'm saying 5,000. But what they couldn't understand is why is it that we are excluding customers, partners, employees, staff, and everything from it? Why should only the one percenters be the ability to invest and make money? Why? What is it called smart money? I'm not denying that they, br they bring good value and all that, but are they the only money? It isn't because eventually my money goes to their fund and all that they're investing it for me. Why can't I go directly? So since 2012 and now, what has been the impact? And that's the biggest question. And the SEC published the latest numbers. So they give everybody an idea of the scope. In 2012, the $4 trillion that was raised by privately held companies was only done from the ultra-rich, and that's it. That's it. 
only the one percenters. And don't forget that the wealth in 2022, the number was 4.5 trillion, except for, for the very first time, we took 151 billion. So what we're seeing is that every year, every year we're snipping away and growing, growing and growing. What does it tell you? The crowd, the people are starting to invest in these companies in, in, and they're starting to understand the regulation. We're still nowhere near the capacity. What is the capacity? $40 trillion. $40 trillion. That's what's out there in bank accounts and exactly every day, middle America, lower America, everywhere. Not just the, you know, the all the one percenters, they have it. So I have nothing against private equity venture capital. It's not. But from an entrepreneur point of view, an investor point of view, Here's the choices. As an investor, I have choices. I want choices. I want to be able to make my own decision. The internet provides all of that. I can make it. That's number one. Number two, as a company, I want to be able to have options in where I can bring the capital into my company that best suits me. There are companies that want to have venture capital. Fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. There are those who want to have their customers be their investors, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the beauty of all this. Everybody gets what they want. And, but in order to make all this happen, you need a technology infrastructure because you're dealing in large volume in order to sustain that. And that's what we've done. We built something that 10 years ago, 14 years ago, nobody could see, nor could they fathom, nor could they visualize it because it hadn't existed. But now that we're right in front of it, you know, imagine being a privately held company, not public, private. And you got 1.2 million shareholders from 86 countries in the world. If I told you that 14 years ago, you'd go, Oscar, you're crazy. Your company is a boom. And I'm telling you now in 2023, that is the existence. <laughs> that's the reality. That's today. It's today for that. So, Oscar, that's a lot of information there. <laughs> you throw in some, some real numbers, some big numbers, some, some crazy statistics. And, and, you know, I just want to dominate it down a little bit, just yes. to break it down a little bit. So first things first, so you were in the, the public space of, of, I guess, stock exchange and investments and portfolios and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, prior to tw 2012, there was, there was really only, you know, you could, if you have venture capitalist, you know, level and you're up there, you can actually invest, but that's it. The public people like just normal people would not have to do that. They will have to buy into the stock market, which is to your point after the fact, which at that point, everything has been already, whoever had the opportunity to get their shares and make the money up front, they would have made it. Then the rest of it is just, you know, you buy low, high, whatever you sell, all that good stuff. And you trade in, basically straight in, you know, that's it. I mean, but you're not in the front run. You're not in that first, you know, boom. Um, and and so it, it's interesting. You were there, you were in that world. Uh, I guess that that pissed you off a bit. <laughs> you know, you you figure that you know, like, why is it that only you know a certain you know percentage of people can make this happen and really make the big money, and what about the rest? And by the way, if that is the case, that's awesome because, you know, you thought about the the ninety nine percent, you know, of people. Uh, you, I mean, and you, and obviously whoever came up, you know, with I mean, obviously the policy you know went through in the Obama time, and 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 that's important because somebody had to to drive that that decision yes. that we would like to to make a difference and you know there is money you're right uh sometimes people may not just want to buy a public stock you know maybe they want to buy a, a private you know entity and uh there's a lot of private entities the numbers you threw in about how many million 
enterprises that are open up. You just mentioned the states. I mean, you know, Canada, the states, all over the world. I mean, and it, that can multiply to to to, to the, the billions. <laughs> well, maybe closer, I guess, a billion or plus. So there's to your point a lot. I mean, online, you know, companies, you know, and and I, I think even at post COVID, uh, a lot more oh. companies have grown, you know, out of nowhere because people have you know, figured out the way to do this and use the internet, your social media and, and create opportunities. And even these social media companies, I mean, like TikTok, I mean, now they have their own shops and stuff. And, you know, all these companies are like booming, you know, in, in more stuff. Some of them are private, some of them are not, I guess. But but so it is it is a big deal. But I want to just break down a little bit the, the, the language. So you almost, I almost heard, you know, private equity, crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, you know, are those two, you know, uh, key elements. I mean, I mean, they're big. Obviously, these are the things. So, so we're talking about crowdfunding and and really uh, the private equity here. You know, uh, most well, the, but, but the only twist that I'll say. I mean, we when people hear the word crowdfunding, so here's what's going to happen with some of your speakers. They're going to some people will cringe and go, oh, "I heard that word. I don't yeah, like well, that's, it." Well, that's exactly what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they cringe, and I go. Did you know that even prior to 2012, that's how people raise money? And this is how they did it. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Listen, I got a good deal on the table right now. I'll email it to you. And, and then, hey, hey, John, you know what? I got a good deal. Joe gave it to me. That was crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is just letting others know. The only difference is that after 2012, you could do two things. One, you could announce it. Hey, I'm raising money. And number two, you can go to anybody. And that was, so we've been crowdfunding for years. Look at venture capitalists today. I get emails every single day. Hey, we have a fund. We have a fund. How do you think they get their, they get their money the same fashion, the same way companies are doing it, and they have to compete now. Now, the I, big I, ones, they don't have to, but. Oscar, I would say the banks are also crowdfunding. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. You, I mean, you collecting money. You co collecting money for everybody, right? From everybody, from everybody. Casinos are crowdfunding. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's little, a downward spot. It's, yeah, it's a downward Yeah, it's different. It's <laughs> you different, don't get enough. But... You don't get enough. Pot, you know, potential of, of of. I mean, the risk is is much uh, lower on their side. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh -huh. uh, but my exposure to public companies, as you were saying, to private, my disgust. So the timing of meeting David Wheel was almost at the time that. I was coming into the tail end of my public company experience from the point of view of watching companies like Briex and, you know, the, the other scandals of where were the board of directors, you know, the corporate governance with, uh, you know, Enron and so on. But I was watching it even in a smaller scale when, you know, companies in the mining sector would go out and raise money from their brokers, like the big brokerage firms and, hey, listen, I got a gold mining project. I need $10 million. And the brokers, yeah, we like this deal. Yeah, we'll give you 10 million bucks. And I need you to understand this methodology because it's, it's really important for everybody to understand this. So the CEO went and made a presentation to a broker, to a brokerage firm, and to say, hey, I'm looking for 10 million. We're going to go public and take the fees and all that. All the decisions have already been made. But here's the, the part that the most interesting part, $10 million of that gets shoved down through that brokerage firm and other brokers to individuals who, hey, yeah, you got to take it. You got to take it. They already made, it's already been, they, their CEO doesn't know you from uh, nada. He does, they won't even know you exist. All they know, there's a $10 million check. And, you know, I was okay with that. I, you know, it sounds really, hey, that's good. I don't have to present all this time. Okay. But my disgust was that as soon as that occurred, like in Wall Street or Bay Street, 
on, on Bay Street. It was Thursday night at a, at a restaurant called Red's. Very famous financial sector, just like in, in New York, there's one there as well. But here, the CEO celebrating buying, you know, private label wines that probably cost $150, giving away golf clubs and all that to everybody, money going down the drain, right? And, and I go, okay, that's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm justifying what I'm seeing as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, because here I'm a tech company and I have to bust my hump. Well, they just, and then a year later, a year, two years later, yeah, we couldn't find any gold, but guess what? We're now doing uranium on the same piece of property, goes back to the same broker dealer. Everybody else lost 10. Now they're looking for another five to do uranium. And I'm going, this cycle never ends. Gotta generate the money. cycle never ends. It, it, I, I, the only thing that changed was that the car he's driving is no longer a Mercedes. Now he moved to an Austin Martin. The only thing that changed his office was in here. It went from there, but I never see the gold. I never see the uranium. I never see the silver. I just see all of this and, but they, and it never bothers them. And then this is the part that just got to me. How could it not bother you? You just blew away 10 million bucks. Right and not deliver anything, and I got it. There's no connectivity to the investor. Do you see yeah. that? There's no. There's no. I. I don't know you. I didn't. Well, Oscar. So so I want to just pose there because this yeah. is a big question because I, I I I've heard this from many. I mean, I have friends and stuff, and we've dabbled with some tradings, whatever. But people always think like, okay, you know, I want to buy this stock. I want to do this. I want to invest in here. I want to invest in that. But frankly, when you think about it, you, you, you know, are you really investing in anything? Because to your point, it could be air. I mean, we're going to get gold mines and there is no gold. Let's look for uranium. We don't have uranium. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing to hear you say that and knowing that people are actually putting their money. And you're right. Those $10 million are gone. They lost. Somebody lost that money. And and that, that would be someone who invested, correct? Uh, this is what happened in 2008, you know, eight, right? You know. People had invested their shirts and stuff, and they lost all of it. Most of the people did not make up, you know, out of that thing, you know, well. And it was done, right? I mean, you, we had to get bailed, you know, in the banking system and all that stuff. And that's that's a different discussion on its own. I mean, that I mean, it's very simple. You print some money, you give it to these guys, they get started again. <laughs> but but the concept remains. And I, now now I know exactly where that rule, those regulations, this whole idea of going to the private world, you know, or the public world rather. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm sorry, private uh, equity happened and, and the Obama, you know, 2012 stuff happened because I think it's an aftermath of all that that cycle. It, it's really, I mean, it makes sense because now there is a better way to do this. And frankly, if I want to invest, let's say, in your company, I can look at your company. It's physical. We can see the services. We can see the trades. We can see the work that you do and stuff. It's a little different if you want to invest in, I don't know, I, I, a supermarket chain, I'm just saying, right? You know, you know where they are, how many locations, where you can take a look at their data, whatever. But if you're looking at something that is in the ground that maybe we'll get, maybe we'll never get, or something that is potentially stuff, it is a weird thing. I mean, because you never know. There's no gain. There's no guarantee, I would say, uh, of anything. At least when you have that opportunity, you can be part of something. I mean, when you buy a stock of, of something you're not sure about versus a stock of a company that you know where they have facilities, they have actually, you know, uh, products, they have, you know, an actual, I don't know, storage room, whatever it is, it makes a big difference. Now, obviously, I'm not an expert in in, in investments, so I, I might not, someone says like, well, what do you know, Hurricane, about all this stuff? All I can tell you is 
I'm I'm doing this show for that reason, so we can learn a little bit more. And Oscar, yeah. you've been around long enough to know the both the the the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> so, but but from for me, a basic you know understanding of anyone watching, listening right now around the world, uh, let alone and and for the most part, people are not experts in this business. You know, they're and I think that that makes the reason why people lose the money because they're not really good <laughs> at this, and they just buy into the concept or because we all want to make money. I think everybody wants to give two dollar, make put a dollar in and make a million, right? Everybody, that would be great, right? You walk in with the dollar, dollar and dream. <laughs> it's like a lottery, right? Hey, I'm gonna see if I buy a ticket and see what happens. But that's not how it works. I mean, maybe one person out of a million will get something. You know, it's a, it's always the rule. But but understanding how to do this properly makes a difference. Understanding how it works and what we have, like you said, you can invest in these funds. And lock your money and all the stuff and all that money is circulated somewhere but you get in those little you know basically uh bleeps of of interest or whatever they call you know to get to you like you you're making something but it's not enough i mean sometimes if you look at it it's not enough money to sustain anything you probably put more than what you get on, on your to your business whatever your terms are but it's not it doesn't make sense i mean that's the same thing i mean i'll go basic banking you go into one of those savings accounts right and all you're gonna get three percent a year what does that mean? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You know, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm getting 3% of what? I mean, if you have $1,000, what do you make? Uh, you, you already give them $1,000 that they made a lot of money. More. That, that thousand became 100000 you know, and you're just getting 30 bucks. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, right? So so it, when you think about it, I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't call it a scam, but it is it is, it is a, a, a trap, really, a financial trap, if you don't know what it, you're doing. It is. You know? It is. I And I... What I really do like now is that there's so much great information for people to understand. You brought up a good point. You know, people think that, hey, listen, my money's good in the bank. I'm earning 3%. That would have been good in the 1940s and the 1950s when all the other stuff, you, you were blind to how it all worked. But now you know how it works. The bank takes your $1,000, gives it to their private equity group over here. You know, I'm going to give you a case in point, building a bridge in your town, right? How many of us got to own that bridge? And don't forget that as soon as the bridge is built, they're going to create a create a toll. And you're like, yeah, of course, it's a dollar. What's a dollar, right? Yeah. So you go, okay, private equity are frothing at them out. They're bidding to get this deal. Why? Because they know how much money they're going to make. Why? Because they're going to go to the bank. They're going to get the money so cheap. Why? Because it's your money they're going to use to build that bridge. And they're going to make all the heavy percentage and billionaires come out of it. And you come out with 3%. And people need to be reminded of this. That's why democratization is important. It's participation. And yes, you have to do your homework. Yes, you have to feel passionate about something. But you, it's more visible. Companies like us, we get to be visible with you. We get to show you what we do. We 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 get to demonstrate that. And if you don't see that, then walk away. Um, I would argue that private companies are even more transparent than publicly traded. I'm not talking about Nasdaq traded or NYC. I'm talking about the other ones that, you know, OTC, TSXV, you know, the lower exchanges, uh, they're still big, but a lot of them, you know, finding the CEOs, like going through a needle in a haystack through all the filings and stuff like that. Um, private companies, we are, you know, I joined this, this momentum because it's, it, 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 I really, it, you know, you're, a, you're not, I haven't met a lot of people that figured out what happened in 2008 and why 2012 is they coincide when David Wheel was he was the chair and vice chair of Nasdaq at the time and he said Oscar everybody lost their money everybody but he goes Oscar there was only one group of people that never lost a dime 
and that was the bankers. Founders lost their companies. People lost everything. Middle America, gone. We needed to rebuild it. And the only way we can do it is the private markets. We need to rebuild the private market. We need to give ownership back to the investors, and we need to give equity back to the to the everyday people to give the ability to participate because they're getting burnt in the public market. The public markets are rigged. I don't care how you, you know, they, they, some companies spend billions of dollars a year to get the fastest millisecond. You can't beat them. They have artificial intelligence that's letting them know how people are looking to buy, to buy before you do. Like, there's all this year, it's all rigged against you. You might as well go to the bloody casino sometimes. If you're, um, if, Just if don't you're willing. Just donate yeah. your money. That's it. <laughs> donate it, right? <laughs> Unless you believe in the company. So if you say to me, Oscar, I'm putting my money in Tesla, like my son, he go, I said, listen, put it in companies like Tesla, put it in companies like Microsoft, Oracle, you know, um, Salesforce.com, but don't expect anything for the next five years because these are builders. So if you're, if that's, a, but if you're looking for quick turnaround like that, it ain't there and it ain't going to be in the privates either. And to, to, Again, numbers are a key indicator as to where the money is moving. So in 2022, 2.1 trillion was raised in the public markets. 4.5 was uh, was done in the private. We are raising more capital here and it's growing faster. And why? Because people see that the wealth can accumulate, but you need to be, you need to be a patient investor. we we have liquidity venues now to allow private investors to sell if they have to so they don't have to be locked up but you have to see it that companies don't get built overnight anybody that says hey in 24 months i'm going to be a billion dollar company well, that's very unlikely we all know that it can it can it be possible the answer is yes of course it can i believe it as an entrepreneur man i've been doing this now like i said 14 years of course i believe it and i'm not going to give up on it but i also know that i'm realistic that sometimes things take a little bit longer adaptation you said it right at the beginning of your show, Oscar, we need to educate people so they understand. You may, I live and breathe it, but everybody else, 99% of the market doesn't even know what I'm talking about yet. And uh, so these oh, are, yeah. right? So f- until that happens, you know, we're here. So education is critical, but the opportunities for everyone to participate are there. You don't get a pass in, you know, uh, I'm relying on this. You, you can't. But today... You have one of the most powerful tools ever in the history of humankind. You have the internet, which gives you instant access to information in ways that you, you know, so all you have to do is read it, see it, and you can make your own decision on your own. You you can rely on others to give you some guidance and all that, but you can do that on your own. And that's the power. That's powerful. And if you can find these private companies and uh, make it, it, you know, for you to participate, but now you can. You don't have to just give it to a fund or give it to the bank and earn whatever small percentage. Just understand they're going to take your money and make 10 times or 100 times that more. Um, and you keep thinking that it, my money's safe in a bank. Well, I'm going to remind everybody today that 2022 reminded us there is no such thing as safety in a bank anymore. <laughs> right? Uh, we all we, saw. We've we seen it. And by the way, uh, this is a reality. I mean, if you have, uh, first of all, if you have more than 250,000 in one account, you know, you shit out of luck because if something happens, 
only get the 250 the rest is gone because you're not protected against it i mean that's just rule number one so you have to to know that and i think most people would know that now someone said like i wish i had that kind of money but some people can can save over the years whatever they have their they i don't know they cash in their stuff and they sell a house whatever the case may be but but you know you gotta spread that money you know different places before you do that that's if you do that second of all is to your point if you walk into a bank and you want to get ten thousand dollars Good luck finding a walk in and just you know picking it up at ten thousand dollars immediately. First of all, it's oh you got to fill documents, IRS, this, that, the other. It's my money. Yeah, we still have to claim back. You know why are you taking the money? It's like I gave you all that money over the the last you know I deposited twenty thousand last month. Yeah, you still got to <laughs> you got to declare those things, right? It, it's amazing how it works. I mean, and and you know you you almost have to to play for to get your own money. And here's the thing: you get a, a disaster, God forbid, right? And we've seen that happen. There's no electricity. You can't cash. You can't cash money. That's a problem. So, so I mean, it, it is. You're right. I mean, bank. Listen, banking has you know a, a reason behind existing, and and it does serve a purpose because right now everything is automatic. You do need to have some sort of a checking account to get things going. Bills, this, the operational account. But that's not where your money should be, like the saved money or the the the, the actual influx of money that you're you're supposed to do. And you're right. You're not going to generate generate a lot of you know. I guess money back. If you're operating money just to, to to pay your bills and you know, I guess business accounts, whatever, that's one story. But if you're gonna have money that you wanna, I mean, let's put it this way. I know, for example, a lot of people that have serious money, they don't even keep it in the bank here. They go like in countries where where they can buy real estate properties and invest in the, I mean, you got Dubai, for example, it's a big investment property in a place. Everybody's going, taking their money from here and dumping it there and you know. And you can't even tell how much money they have because those banks are sealed, right? Uh, you know, you go to Cayman Islands, yeah, can, they can work the same way. I mean, there's places to do these things. And, you know, obviously, if you're into the business, you know, you would know these tricks, you know, and uh, some people know how to navigate these things. But the majority of us, you work, you get a paycheck, it deposits in the account, happy days, you know, you spend, I'm getting a couple of thousand at the end of the day, you know, the month if I'm lucky or the year. And that's it. Sometimes you put the CDs, which again, you put the CDs there. Here's your money locked. You can't even touch it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like what? I mean, <laughs> if, if you're going to put money, you want to be able to access it, right? And and uh, that's yeah. it. But but I've heard people giving me the argument like, oh, it's a great thing. I'm like, how great? I, I put it in a freaking pillow, like old school. <laughs> I, 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 by the way, I don't have money in my pillow, just in case you know someone yeah. thinks that. But, you know, like I put it in a box, you know, still I can see it open and and, and count it. It's at least cash flow, you know, as opposed to doing that way. But there, there's different ways to do these things. I mean, put it in a safe, maybe, you know, in, in I mean, yeah, you can get it's a box. The, but, it, but that's the, just, that's just money. It's not going to be multiplying. I mean, if you put no, it. No, no, yeah. that's you right. Wanna, you want to invest it in somewhere where you can get, you know, money back. And this is what we're talking about today is the ability right. to invest in private companies and so on. And Oscar, I know you wanted to interject, but I, I you know, I want to ask this question. No, it's okay. The question is, you mentioned a lot of companies are are starting all the time, and yeah. a lot of these companies they sometimes turn into banking to to borrow money. I mean, ideally, it would be better if they were to collect, you know, funding and 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 create some sort of shares to to people that see the value of whatever their business is, and hopefully invest in them versus actually going and collecting. A loan, and again, I'm, I'm. This is a question. So, is it better just to get a loan and and pay those those interests on those loans, or maybe get a few shares out and get some real money to get your operations running and stuff? I mean, to me, I would go with the latter. But but 
you know, what is your expertise state? Because I mean, I know that you, you dabble with this stuff. So, because I think that's the biggest piece about this, right? If we're, if we're going to promote the idea of private, right? That means there's got to be companies that will benefit from it. And of course, private people that will benefit from the investments as well. So that's really where we're going to reside right now. So I think the latter part of the show is all about that. And then we want to drive into like the, the actual role of, uh, uh, your companies, both Corechain and Cornex. Yeah, so it's an interesting question: uh, debt or equity? But what what is the best model for a startup company? Keep this in mind that you're starting off. So if you take on debt, how are you going to pay it? How are you going to repay that debt? And I've seen, I've probably seen more disasters on this case. And some people say, but Oscar, you know, the the USS the US business loan. Yeah, I, I just met a company the other day that. Um, he took on a loan and it probably regrets it every single day because even though it's backed by the government, it's still being processed by a bank and the interest rates keeps rolling. I think it's at 11% right now. That's not where he started, but look where it is. And now it's, it's, he's always paying the, the, uh, um, the interest, only- uh, sorry, the principal, not the interest. The interest just keeps growing and growing. Like it's a trap. It's a never ending trap. So I'm not a big fan of, of, of debt and other our investors. Uh, if you get an investor that comes in, oh, yeah, listen, I like your deal, yeah, I'm, but I'll give it to you as a loan. That's just basically telling you I love your company so much that I'll just wait a year and the company's mine because it's going to be a secure loan. So think about what that really does. That is a secured instrument. So right now, whether you get it through the bank or not, they're going to have security on your assets. So what's a better way? Getting uh, getting equity. And you go, well, I want to be the 100% control. What is control? Seriously, I mean, control is what? Control is an illusion because you can control a company with less than 5% of the company. That means you don't think you're worth into the value. What you're bringing in is worth nothing. And I believe it's the opposite. You're worth everything. So if you're an investor, you're investing in the person first and the opportunity second and, and all that. And as soon as you get hung up on the control issue, you're looking at it the wrong way. And um, and that's where entrepreneurs really fail. They think that that is better because they don't have to give up control. It, the wrong approach and you know i can't change your mind on those but for those who can see it um so equity is better um and quite often what you'll see in the early stages is what they call a safe instrument uh, a safe instrument is where it still it comes in a form of a debt but it's being automatically brought in as equity as soon as there is an uh, another activity another action corporate action such as you raise money again uh, you do a merger or something significant based on the terms and condition. Why that's good? Because the investor gets protected on the value that what each of you are going. I say it's worth 10 million. You say, well, I think you're worth five. Okay, why don't we do this? We'll split it in the middle. We'll do a safe. We'll do it for seven and a half million. I'll get a 20% discount if you sell it. So there, there are ways that you can bring in capital that will make it easier for a company. And for the investor, you want to reward the investor. They got to get the upside. What does that mean? You're taking their money, so they got to get a bump. The bump is that they're the first money in. They're going to, you know, their interest is not, there's nothing sexy about it. There's no upside on interest. Why? Because what are they going to charge you? Bank can give you maybe three, maybe down the street you can get it for nine, but the going rate on a convertible is about 12%. But even 12% is not a lot of money because they got to have the assurance that you're paying for it. And if you're a company that's just getting your revenue started, 
It's a very big gamble. So therefore, you take on equity and you give them the upside. So you give up a little bit of equity, but you've got the capital to grow the business. So the way to look at it is this way. Like the way I look at it is that, you know, I have a company that's worth almost $300 million, but I don't own it. Or I can own a company that's only worth 300000 I own it all. Which one do you want? <laughs> so... <laughs> It's that's, uh, a good, that, that's a very good way to look at it. Yeah, so it, it's it the this is the thing that what capital does. It allows you to carry out exactly what you have planned out, but you get to do it faster with the capital you need, and you've got a partner that believes in what you're working on, and you together, you, it would surprise you. So, um, so that's what I tried, and that's what these regulations allow you to do: the ability to go to your family and friends and associate where in the past they couldn't participate in what you were doing. They go, Oh my God, I love what you're doing. Or can, God, can I invest in your show? Oh yeah, I loved it. But you know, it's only for accredited investors. Oh, okay. You know, there you go. You wipe out, you know, 99% of the population from, uh, from participating. Like everybody on listening in this show is, you know, can I invest in 90%? I love that idea. Can, would you have invested in Tesla? If, if before you know Elon, I mean, think about think of all the companies that you could have had a chance to invest in, but you didn't get a chance, like Facebook, Twitter, Tesla, you know, all these companies that you and I were left out. All we could do is read the news, how people were buying shares prior to and so on. They became billionaires before they went public. That's exactly it. We got to see the sidelines and, and all they were prepping us for was oh, the company's public. Yeah, now we jump in. We're not buying anything we're just multiplying their wealth <laughs> so i want to be here where they're you know buying it in a dollar a share not at a hundred i wanted a dollar so um so it's exciting so but with all the companies being created yes there are those who need capital but it doesn't matter if you're a startup you're already a operating company it doesn't matter what stage you're in Capital is a requirement in order to keep growing your business. Even if you're profitable, even if you're cash flow positive, in time to where you need to expand, you need access to capital. It'll make it much easier for you. You have more choices in how you structure the capital. But nevertheless, you need capital. You want to buy another company where well, you need capital because you can't take it from your existing cash flow, which is paying for the operations of your existing business. But you need it in order to acquire this to make you even bigger. So these are all the things. So capitalism is a constant element of the growth of your business, regardless of what size you're in. Sometimes we just don't know that we can do it. And now what I'm letting everybody know, you can. And it's not easy. I didn't say it was easy. It's not something that is a rocket. No. But if you have the right team to do it, you can. And most of it is done through technology. So therefore, use the internet. You know, we're a perfect example of that. When COVID hit us, we were a team of nine people in the company, nine. From then to where we are now, we're a team of 60. That's all because of COVID. And I know, so COVID, it, it depends on what business you're in. Why? Because everybody went online. When we're at home, online investing was on the rise and it has never gone down ever since. So it means that companies need to think of online. Oh, I see. So everything's on. Yes, you do the presentations online, just like I'm doing this show with you. I'm talking to millions of people online simultaneously broadcasting my message. I'm doing a presentation to everyone on what we do and what the value proposition is and why you should believe in me and what I'm doing. So what we've done at CoreConnects and CoreChain is provided an 
a technology infrastructure that a company can utilize in order for them to do things compliantly. So what does that word compliantly mean? It means that you do it in such a way that one day you're not wearing an orange outfit. <laughs> Meaning you're not getting arrested. Well, fed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the rules for me are black and white and orange. And orange is not a color I like. So black and white is the rules. So you follow the rules. And so we have enough of an ecosystem, meaning people who are committed for the growth to educate you, lawyers, auditors, and so on, that are going to provide you that guidance, how to use the regulation, how much money can you raise, what do you need to prepare for it, what documentation. We have so much education. Like if you go to our website, we have videos, we have checklists, everything. And if you, even if you have a problem there, we'll even walk you through it. We'll, we'll get on a call with you to walk. Every single company is important, regardless of size, stage or anything. Why? Because everybody needs to know what is possible in, in front of you. Not to think that, oh my God, I didn't get venture capital. I'm dead. I'm done. I got to shut down. You should never have to do that. That's the whole point of the Jobs Act. It was to give you a choice in what, you know, I don't want to say the word alternatives, just different choices in how you can raise capital for your company. So we provide that. We have an ecosystem of all these partners. We also took another undertaking as a company is that we knew how crooked business world is. And when I say crooked, I don't mean it in a way that everybody's like that, but I just mean it that I know what it's like being an entrepreneur and I meet John and, hey, John, look at my company. I love your company, Oscar. I think you're great. I got some investors that I want to introduce you to. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And then next thing you know, he's got his hand out. You're like, uh, how can I help you? And he goes, well, I'll give you the lead. How much are you going to pay me? And this has been this problem that the whole industry has had is that there's always someone standing in the middle. And so it's standing in the middle or in the way of me getting to there and I want to get there. So I pay them and, and, you know, to get there and not, not knowing that what I just did was illegal because the only people that can be paid are a broker dealer. But nevertheless, you, whether it's a consulting fee, you pay them for introduction only to land on a dud or something that didn't even exist. And that's the problems that the industry has been played with. So we've removed all that. We're not here to promise anything. But we have no financial relationships with any of our partners. We don't take fees. We wanted you to talk to the people who know what the heck they're doing. And that's all they do. So uh, uh, instead of you spending a year trying to figure it out, you can start and finish within weeks and raising your capital if you have everything ready. And if you don't have things ready, we have people who know how to get you ready. And we'll point you to them and give them to you and they'll help you. And then, but why do we do that? Because at the end of the day, all of the people that you're working with, they're human beings, they're professionals, they need a technology in order to transact. So what does that mean? As I said, right at the beginning, I said, imagine I'm here today. Hello, everyone. My name is Oscar Joffrey. I'm the co-founder and CEO of CoreChain. I am so excited to tell you today that I have a live offering on my website and you can simply go there to corechain.io, click the invest button. Put in all your details and you can pay using your MasterCard, your Visa, American Express, or your ACH account, sign the subscription agreement, and voila, within a few days, you'll be fully completed and you'll be a shareholder in my company. To do that on thousands of websites all over the place, because there are thousands of companies raising capital, is what we build. 
And that infrastructure has broker dealers, has ID AML tracking. It's all the, all the things that are needed in order to keep everybody compliant. But most important, keeping it on your website with your look and feel, your brand, so you're building a relationship with the person that came to visit you to look at your company and to say, you know what, I really like this company. I want to invest. And you click the invest button, and voila, the journey begins. And the journey doesn't end from there. From there on, everything is done at the company website, meaning managing their shares, transferring them, trading them. Everything is happening there. And that is technology in the background. We're one of those things you don't see. You don't need to see us, but we exist. We exist because we, we understand how everybody needs to move the information and how everybody needs to do it compliantly because there's so many different pieces involved. And for a company who is raising, I don't know, $5 million from the general public or 75 or whatever amount it is, they're going to have a very large base of uh, stakeholders that they need to communicate with, keep them, keep them aware of what's going on. Uh, keep them engaged because that's part of the key, just like you would customers, right? You buy a CRM software to keep track of customers. Well, these are like they are your customers, but you have to manage them a little bit differently because of com uh, regulatory rules. But it's all doable. It's not impossible anymore. You know, it's not uh, it's, you know, people go, how on earth can you manage 5000 shareholders technology? <laughs> it, it could be a million could be true. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the numbers are irrelevant, but uh, the reality is it can be done. And that's, that's the exciting part for companies of any size. And so when you're out there as a company, uh, as, an as a company, you can look at all the opportunities and see what others are doing, whether you're in manufacturing, building homes, cannabis, uh, drinks, alcohol, technology, AI. I mean, I've done just about everything. I mean, and here is the other goodie that you're going to love. Of so course. the securities regulators in the United States not only allowed the companies to raise capital from literally anybody over the age of 18 and around the world. So your, your, your market opportunity is 4.7 billion people. <laughs> 4.7. Wow. Is to incentivize you, incentivize you to invest more in my company. So here's an example. You come in and you make an investment and you're, you know, you're making an investment for 200, but you see right here, Hey, if you put in uh, $500, I'm going to give you a free ticket to the show uh, with hurricane. If you put in a thousand dollars, I'll make sure you're in the show. If you put in $2,000, <laughs> I'll make sure you have a dinner. You, so the regulars allowed us to incentivize. Um, so the company can incentivize you with things. I've had people give away vodka, beer, I mean, knapsacks, pins, um, uh, you know, Starbucks cards. Yeah, it depends on their business type or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the, the imagination is open for, and we saw people in one car, one company we had, oh, this one's my favorite, where, you know, if you invested uh, over $100,000, you would get to use the electric truck for nine months. You know, we saw these people popping in 250 grand under American Express. Let's do it. And, okay. and people go, and their credit card? Isn't that high? I go, well, if I was ready to make 250 grand, the chances are he's got that in the bank. And if he's smart enough, he just got enough points to take the family out for a Christmas holiday. And he got the use of the truck for nine months, two times over. What a whammy. <laughs> wow. So we are, it, it's, 
that's what I mean. We've been looking at these things. So the possibilities are, are, but they're for those companies. But here's my best story for all of you, because I know everybody goes to Oscar every single time they hear about raising capital. It's always about the million dollars and the million hundred or my, my, my one company that I'll never, ever forget. It'll, it's embedded in me because it's the reason why David Wheel created the Jobs Act. It's the one reason we cannot forget what we're doing because and, and, we're still in a journey of educating. In the early 2015, just in the early days of Title III, which is a regulation that allowed companies to raise up to a million. Today is five, but in those days it was a million. There was a young lady, an entrepreneur, that needed to raise $50,000 to buy sewing machines to hire people to build dresses in, in, I think it was in Alabama. And I swear, I mean, I, this, what, and people go 50,000, that's not a business, but it was for her. That's my point. I think we all, it, you know, we all need to be reminded, not everything needs to be worth a billion dollars. Not everything needs to be that kind of an entity to be worth it. I mean, think about where you live today. If everybody listening right now, think about where you live, think about where your grocery store is, Think about where your dry cleaner is. Think of how convenient it is. What happens if it's not there because he can't afford rent? What if he can't be there because he can't upgrade? And he doesn't, and, and he goes to the bank and the bank wants an arm and a leg for him to upgrade 200,000. What if all of you came together, invested $100 into that dry cleaner, you got a return and he upgraded the store and that dry cleaner stays right where you are. See, we need to, it, the, the Jobs Act was far more beyond this and, and, and this, because I, I have all the spectrums. I have 50,000 all the way up to, you know, billion dollar company, which is wonderful because I get to appreciate what the world is like um, and what it can do to different people. And I don't think in an entrepreneur who comes to me, Oscar, this is my opportunity. It's only worth X. That's great. Are you happy with it? Yes. Are you happy with what you do? Yes. Okay. Then what is it's not about me now, is it? It's about what everybody else that who feels the same way you do. I bet you there's people out there that feel that way. That's what that's about. It's not just about, you know, you're not a billion dollar company, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to invest in you. Wow. Well, Oscar, you covered a lot of stuff there. <laughs> one, one more time. But so, so there's a couple of things that, that I want to clarify for our people. I mean, first of all, I love the example you gave that of that laundromat and that lady that is raising little capital. But to your point, that 50,000 could eventually, you know, generate enough revenue as a company to go to the next level and then ultimately upgrade. And now, now you're in a million dollars and maybe a couple of million and so on and so forth. Businesses start small and eventually they grow. Now, obviously, if you have enough capital to go big up front, that could be maybe could be too, 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 too bad, too, too quick, you know, uh, and too fast and could be also destructive. Depends how you do it. But, but for people that are watching and listening right now, if they are, um, if they have a business, small business right now, and they, they're scrambling for, for some sort of a capital, right. And they don't want to go to the conventional, cause I can tell you, I've, I'm going to tell you a true story. I mean, uh, years back, you know, there was an opportunity to, uh, and I, I got screwed big time with that one. Uh, my wife and I, we, we had some savings and we throw it into this, this franchise business. And, uh, the, the guy from the franchise actually left the country and there are thousands of franchisees who actually were left in the wind and, uh, everybody lost their money and there's a class, you know, action, whatever suit, but you know, they, you know, but for that business, we had to also go and get loans. And so we also got loans that 
and we got screwed on as well when nothing happened. So I can tell you for me, uh, you know, just somebody who's experienced that it is very difficult to even trust going in the bank and get a loan because they're going to go after you if, if your business doesn't go. Uh, and that's a problem. Right. And so so that's not really a good option. And I'm not, I don't mean to scare people, but just someone can say, well, Hurricane, you're you're an idiot. You shouldn't you should have done your due diligence. Oh. Well, we did. Well, no, well, I, I'm, I'm as, exactly. as honest. I'm clear. We've done our due diligence. And believe it or not, it sounded the greatest thing and everything was legitimate. We had contracts for everything. Yet it doesn't matter. I mean, there are loopholes <laughs> that some of these people can utilize to get away with it. And that's exactly what happened. They transferred the the ownership. Things happened. And when we talked to lawyers, like, well, there's nothing we can do about you guys. And that was kind of like really the answer we had. And that was it. Our lawyers can do anything about it. So so there's so many things out there. And raising capital. And, and you mentioned something earlier about, like, I want to take control, seize control, have control. Uh, but you're right. If, if the ability to get enough to run and you're making enough profit and you're making enough salary, because, you know, if you're the the president of the company, whatever, he's gonna you can have some income in there besides your your actual profits and dividends, whatever you're getting, you know, out of the deal. It's all gonna happen. But for audiences, if someone right now wants to generate capital, um, they can go basically into your system, get the actual process literally based on their level. Because that's the other thing. Some people may think they don't even think that they qualify for these things. Because they, they just start up. I don't have enough. I haven't shown any revenue. My last two years were negative. And by the way, typically, if you're still in the business new, you're going to have negative a couple of years because you're putting more than you actually bring. And people have to know about your business and eventually pick up. Most of the businesses go through that. Even the IRS knows that. <laughs> you know. So so the concept is that you're not going to be profitable year one or year two. And it takes sometimes more than that just to, to get to that profit. So if you're going to show some numbers, that may be a problem. Now, there might, there might be companies that have a promise, a vision, idea that could be, like you mentioned Tesla, right? You know, who who, who knew that it's going to go big, you know, to like where it is today? And in 2030, yes. maybe, you know, that's the car. Everybody's going, I, I see more electric cars now on the road than I've, I've seen a couple of years back, right? And so right. it's all happening. For, for those people, what do you say to them, Oscar? You know, because we would like to encourage them. And certainly we would like them to actually maybe check out your services to see how they can learn about the process, maybe even qualify for the process and even get some funding for that. And, you know, are there any things that they should be aware of? And of course, the fear is like, what if my business doesn't work? You know, I mean, are there contingencies based on these things? I mean, those are things that people are always going to ask. Like, if you're going to give me money, you're not a bank. But you're an investor. You know what are the guarantees I'm giving back as 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 to your, to my investors? What are some of the things that we can we can tell people to just ease their minds and how can they po possibly process through the the system, your system? Yeah. So I'll answer the the first part. I if anybody reaches out to me, you can find me. My name is Oscar Jaffe. You can Google me. I have a free book I'll give you. Very easy reading. Uh, why is it easy reading? Because I'm. I'm an immigrant. English was not my first language, so I want it to be simple for everyday life. Um, and uh, that's an important aspect because I, I I don't come educated from the capital markets or from school. I come educated from doing it. And I'm very thankful for my teachers that I've had over the decades. And to, to this day, I still have them. David Wheel being one of them and many others. So uh, I believe in giving back. So I have one. I have a book. Uh, it's it's in English, Spanish, and uh, Mandarin. Uh, for anybody that wants it, uh, it's a free ebook. This ebook, I promise you, you will understand it in a in a heartbeat. It, it's simple. So the question is, 
will your company qualify? If you are an incorporated company or a C-Corp or an LLC in the United States, um, whether you have revenues or not, look, I've been operating for X number of years. I'm still not profitable. Uh, you you just need to be realistic. How long things take time, dude. You just keep marching forward until that happens. And eventually you get to the point of scalability that it gets there. So um, there, you as a company only provide what is in front of you and you need X and with X, you're going to do this and you use the capital for that, then you're going to be okay. But if you're buying... You know, if you're looking to raise 500000 and you're going to go buy out a $200,000 Lamborghini, well, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> you're going to be sued and the SEC is going to come after you. But if you're if you're using 500000 to create jobs and all that, like a lot of companies that go back again and say, hey, listen, I need to raise another million and you go to the next stage and you keep taking capital the way you as you need it. And the more you need, you keep going back. Um, so I, 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 I have a handful of companies that have zero revenues raising it in valuations that they're comfortable with and as long as the the investor base is comfortable with it it's okay is, is there any liability to the companies like having to give it back or anything like that look at the end of the day it, it every business is a risk so you have to everybody knew going in it's a risk i'm a risk my company's a risk no matter i work hard i do everything i can but there anything could be i'll give you an example for all of you listening in so Remember, I shared with you that during COVID, I, I, you know, just under 10, we went from 10 to where we are now, 60. But just when COVID was hitting, I don't know. It, don't, I must have been blessed. I, it, I swear to God, it, I, I'm using those words because here I am. I have an office space in the middle of downtown paying big price every month. And one of my staff gets sick. Two of them get sick and they got COVID, right? And they're working from home. And then we're thinking at home, hey, you know what? Does it? You want to go stay at home because we don't get when to get anybody sick. And then we're all working from home three, four days, or, and it's starting to feel good. No more taking the train into the city to work. And then I called the landlord. I said, listen, um, we really, you know, I know this is hard, but is it possible that somebody may want to take over our lease? And they go, you know what? I was just knocking on your door because I have someone who wants to take over the whole floor, and I was going to ask you guys if you got I said, wow, great. Can you get us out? Can you get us out and no penalties? Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll pay for it. Oh, I said, fantastic. We're, we, do you guys want any cash? No, no. Just cancel our lease, you know, half a million dollars gone. You know, you know, there it is. Like, it, And we're working from home. And so we're at home. We hadn't updated our shareholders. We're just operating, right? Nothing had changed. Everything, all our infrastructure was already on the crowd. So we were already there. Um, and again, keep everyone, uh, how did I do this? Because we are a technology company, we're not a manufacturing. So I, I, I'm very sensitive to the fact that not everybody could have done that. So we were able to do it. And and then along the way, I start getting calls from shareholders and saying, hey, Oscar, uh, so what are we doing to mitigate uh, what's going on with COVID? You know, how, how many people have you laid off? And, you know, uh, are we... You saved a half a million. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, well, first of all, I... I closed that down and we're out there and you go, okay, good. And how many people are you planning to lay off to reduce the overhead? Cause you guys need to make it. Um, well, actually it's quite the opposite. We're hiring. I need more people. What, what, what's going on? I said, I don't know what's going on in your world, but in this world, <laughs> it's, I, it, it's moving the other way around. So those are the unexpected things that can happen. And it can have gone the other way, just the same. And I know it did. I want to be very clear. I'm, I'm extremely sensitive to the fact that. You know, I have family members that own franchises and, and the pizza business that it didn't, 
it, it went down and dipped back up and, and it wasn't as good as it was before COVID, right? So I'm very sensitive that not everybody made it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate that we did and we grew and it, the industry grew. So, but I, I can only predict what's in front of me and try to as, mitigate the risk as much as possible. As a CEO of a company, as an entrepreneur, that's all you could ever do. That is all that they expect of you. It's when you don't do anything to mitigate those risks is when you become a liability to the business. When you should have known this was coming because it was already there and you weren't paying attention. That is your responsibility. As a CEO, you take responsibility for sales, servicing, everything. You, you may have people you've hired, but you take on. So the only liability you get uh, as an entrepreneur is that you fail and you, you, you may, you're going to feel ashamed a bit for what you did. But if you learn something, you get back up and you do it again and you don't duplicate it. Um, that's one. Um, if you defrauded investors, well, the likelihood you'll ever come back to zero because the, the SEC has no tolerance for fraud. You'll be on the bad actor database. Nobody will ever touch you again. So that's one of the things that the regulars have put in place to make sure that doesn't happen again. You'll never be an officer, director of a company. You'll never be able to invest more than 1% in a company at any given time. So the restrictions on you are done. Um, if you have that mentality to be an entrepreneur and being the C, you know, C-level officer of a company or board member. So it's, um, so I, I, I treat it as, you know, you do the best and you, you're honest with yourself and your, your teammates and, and the people you work with. On what you're working on it's a hard journey nobody's ever going to expect anything less of you um and keep them informed as much as you can of course that's important and you know sometimes i'm at fault to that I, it's not that i forget about them it's just you get caught up in your days and all that and you're like oh my god a whole quarter went by i forgot to update them <laughs> right you didn't do it deliberately but again you have to have the responsibility to to do so you took their money it's their money it's not yours it's their money and they want to know that it's been well managed and you're, you know, taking care of it and you're growing it. You're growing it for them. And that's all you can do. Um, and the one promise I give you, you reach out to me, I will give you every tool you need. I don't ask for anything in return. I don't take fees. I don't charge consulting fees. You use my platform when you're ready to do, you will pay a fee. I won't, that is, but it's a small monthly fee you have to pay in order to use it, in order to transact and to keep things compliantly. But until that time comes, everything that I, I have available is for you to learn, both whether you're an entrepreneur, you are an investor, whoever wants to know more about what's out there and what the possibilities are, that is available to you at any time you like. In essence, oh, first of all, thank you, Oscar. And by the way, spoken like a true you know, CEO and an accountable person, because that's, that's leadership and accountability one-on-one. You are responsible for anything that happens in your shop and, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And you're right. It gets a little crazy. You have to be responsible, uh, you know, to your investors and to your staff. And and you got to do it in, in the best way, shape or form. And, and you're right. Sometimes you get caught up and that's why you have those quarterlies and things like that. And you got to do it. So thank you for that. And I, I love the fact that you're, you're for me, basically you're providing a platform where people can actually literally you know, use the service and the technology to be able to invest in and or or basically collect, you know, uh, find, you know, the uh, their or enterprises. So you have both sides of the, of the spectrum there. And it's it's done all, you know, in the back in, in the back of operations online, you know, it's 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 in the cloud. And I love what you said early on, which is basically you're creating there's a link that people can put it into their website. 
you click on there, it goes right to that portfolio, to that page. It's like a landing page where it is handled by you guys, by uh, Corechain or Coconics. And, and basically in the back end, everything is happening and you can manage there. And for someone who wants to invest in anybody's company, if you have that service, you can have that button, I guess I'm assuming on the, on your foot, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? The footer of the, the, the website or whatever. You click on investor. Uh, they usually, they usually put oh, it right oh, there. Or on the yeah, top. Yeah. Right. Oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it depends, yeah. but you click on it and then, you know, now you can immediately get, get people that are interested in your field, whatever that is. So if you're in textile and you're merchandising, whatever it is in technology, you, you know, people can, they, they, they can just basically buy shares in your company and and pretty much uh you know support your uh, operation in exchange obviously of some there's got to be a profit you know that they're they're getting uh, out of it now now who determines that profit by the way Oscar is that is it the company is it is it a mutual agreement is it something that you have like a scale for them uh or is it something that they they just have to come up on their own uh, like as as a company entrepreneurs yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the the two toughest questions companies come to us is, what should I value my company at? And that's a tough one. I know it's it's so you know there are many different ways. And again, love the internet. You know, they tell you all the different ways you can do it. You know, based on sales, future revenues, comparables. There's a whole bunch of different matrices you can use. As far as profitability, you know, if you are profitable and you're a young company. Nobody's expecting you to give a dividend back to investors. Any investor, again, who's going after your dividends at this early stage is not investing in your company because you need that capital in order to reinvest to keep growing it because you're scaling. Think about it. You're scaling. I mean, uh, look at me. I went from 10 to where I am now. I'm scaling. I'm still not done. What does that mean? Well, the tools we were using in 2019, I can't use them anymore because the tools that I need now are need to be for this kind of team. And now that I'm going from 60 to 200, I'm going, okay, the tools that I'm using today. So each of those changes requires a different infrastructure, even internally to operate HR, accounting, you know, uh, tools, all of that, you keep moving up the, the ladder. So therefore you're reinvesting as a company with the, the profits. So I, Investors are interested in seeing that there's a path to profitability, 100%, no doubt about it. But at the same time, they're not naive enough to think that it's going to happen overnight. There are certain companies, of course, that the, the expectation is quick, of course, franchises and stuff like that, because there's models and all this that make it work and all that. But there are many businesses that you think it's going to happen in six months, but it takes nine. Or maybe it happens in nine months, but it took two years. So what's the unexpected? Oh, we didn't expect this. We had to build that and the chain, the market changed. Okay. So those are the kind of things. So again, it, so what, how do you build something with what expectation? Build it for the expectation. What you really, so you either know the business or you don't. So this is where you're, this is where as an entrepreneur, you have to really do your homework. What does that mean? You have to know, you know, have you run a business before that to understand Give me an example. When people go, I, I want to be a technology company. Okay. So have you run one before? Have you worked for one before? Do you know how it works? Do you know what you need? No, but it can't be that difficult. I mean, all the technologies out there. Okay. Clearly you don't, you so, or when people uh, begin a business, uh, like my niece, you know, she's getting in, she's getting into the delivery business um, to compete against companies like DoorDash, which are great. There's nothing wrong with that. So the question is, is she a delivery business or is she a technology company? 
it took her a year, her and I working back and forth to actually get her to the mindset. I'm a technology, technology. company. Yeah. Exactly. See? And, well, and well, it's like, like when you think Uber and stuff, they're a software company. They're a know? software company. Thank yeah. you. They're, yeah. And every day it's a delivery of goods, a delivery of that. And one day it'll be anonymous delivery, whatever it is. But yeah. so we need to be, we need to know what our business is. And when we do, we then start applying the right principles of cost and scalability. Otherwise you treat it as, oh, we'll just do some advertising and it's 20 bucks. Oh yeah, I, I, I can buy Microsoft and or Google and they'll manage that. No, you don't. It's, it, it doesn't work that way. So um, when I run into those kind of entrepreneurs, I don't shy away from them. I, I go, okay, you need to do more homework in the business you're trying to get into. You need to really understand it. You need to read about it uh, to understand growth patterns. You need to understand cost patterns. You need to understand what you need from operations point of view. If you've never done this business before, if you have, then you have a good framework and you know, hey, you know, my past experience, I've seen companies take two years. Should I put that? Okay, that's a good question. Should I base it on what I've known already? You should, because you've been there. And therefore, and it's okay to tell the investor, look, I was with a company, you know, we had this architecture, it took two years, and I think it's going to take us a little bit about the same time, maybe a little bit longer, because we're going to do these other wonderful things. It's going to take, okay, at least you came within, it It provided some, some information to get them to understand why it's going to take longer. Where it gets tricky is those that are getting into it for the sake of, hey, it's a good opportunity. I'm going to get into crypto and not having any experience or getting into the tech space and so on. So, but I still don't shy away from helping them because sometimes I go back to when I was an entrepreneur, I had no clue how to run a business, right? And I was an immigrant. So that made it even worse because getting help wasn't exactly simple, easy. So I and my niece, she ran a franchise, a, a pizza franchise for years, 17 years. And one day she wanted to become another type of entrepreneur. I could have easily said, you know, you're, you're not cut out for this, but she is. She's got their brain and she's smart and she's going to do it. She just, I needed to make sure that I gave her all the tools, where to go get it. And it was her responsibility to read the same way it was mine. The only difference is, that instead of taking me all those years to get where I am now, I'm bringing her up in less than a year because I'm, I'm bypassing all the other stuff. Other getting her Exactly. See, that is democratization. There it is. Those shortcuts are, are, are I'm streamlined for anybody who, okay, you may not know it. That's fine. I'm not going to push you away. But if you want this, that's fine. I'm going to give what you need to do. But if you don't do it, it's not because of the regulations are too hard. It's because you don't want to work hard. That's it. It's that simple. Nothing's ever going to be just laid down to you. Ever. 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 Nothing is that easy. But but you're no. right. But at least you, you're bringing it you know, to a simple process that if they follow it by by the step, they should be able to do it. And that's it. As long as they know that they're in the right niche you know, and then they're doing the correct thing. By the way, you did say something earlier. I want to just clarify for people because I know you mentioned something. I, I've been in business for years and I'm not profitable. But but you to just to clarify that, the idea is that you, there is a way you... You are making your profit and reinvesting it. Basically, that's the difference. You know, you're not, you know, you're not done yet from scaling up, and that's when you get to a scalable level. Then everything else is success money. That's the different story. But as long as you are growing, you are growing into your business, and you're taking that money and reinvesting. Uh, it's the same and, and not for profits. It's a big. It's a very clear concept. You make a profit, even if you're not for profit. It's a, a surplus that you reinvest back in. In the profit world, basically, you just take it and just put it back in. Now, eventually, 
if it's owned by one entity, then that's you can take dividends. If it's owned by shareholders, then at a certain point you have to dish out some dollars. Am I getting that correct? You are. You are. That's typically what companies like ours are doing. They're we're just reinvesting it back, you know, uh in, in different ways. We don't take it. We I rather hire a case in point. I would rather hire three people than pay me. Good, you're not. It depends how you look at it. I got I brought in three people that are gonna get me there to the next stage faster. So I'm looking at it. I gotta talk to my wife and my kids and all that and I go, listen, this is the sacrifice we're gonna make and this is what why we do it. Because if I if if, if it's just gonna be me, you know, I'm gonna lose my hair, I'm gonna lose everything. And this way there are people that get it done and we're gonna wait our turn. And people go that how do you do that? Well that's that's what being an entrepreneur is. I can't make you do it. You got to. I'm not suggesting people need to do this. I, it, it's just everybody's different. You got to make these decisions on your own. And I can live with that. I, I have no problems with it. I, uh, I'm still pumped. I'm, I, I have the same energy I had 14 years ago to with it. I love what I'm doing. I, I love, I love being an entrepreneur. I love helping people. My journey as an entrepreneur has always been about that. It'll never end. This is even feels even more passionate because I'm not just helping people in the United States. I mean, I've done it in uh, Abu Dhabi. I've done it in Singapore. Um, I'm now working in UAE, uh, in Kenya. I, I, this, what the United States started is a global phenomenon. It truly is. So, and people don't realize that because we live here and this is it, but this is, this is expanding beyond borders. Why? Because other borders are going, wait a minute. If U.S. is opening it up like that, they're going to take all our innovation. That's right. So what are they doing? They go, oh, okay, we need rules to keep the innovation here, let people invest. So there are countries like well, Singapore. So Saudi Arabia now is coming up. Yes. That's, that's, Saudi they're, Arabia. They, they're doing exactly that now. They're just opening everybody. Come on in. Let's do your thing. You know, bring your monies. Let's invest. Let's get your stuff. I mean, they, they're changing the dynamics. They have to. You need capital has to be fluid, and and innovation is not always going to come from the United States. It's not. It's not. It, you you sometimes the greatest ideas don't often come right in front of you. It, it's that's just not going to happen. It, I mean, it's still a leader in the market and all that, but we have to be open minded. Look, my team is in nine different countries. I got people in Brazil, India. Malaysia, UAE, uh, Dominican Republic, St. Lucia, Canada, the United States. And I'm proud of our team because it, it it's a different dynamic. You learn things that are happening there that don't happen here. Uh, and, and people go, well, that's a given. But it could be little things that you pick up and you go, huh, that's so very interesting, right? You don't even think about it from day to day. You know, you take advantage of the fact that, you know, here we got an iPhone. And other people around the world don't have an iPhone, right? And people go, what do you mean they don't have an iPhone? Everybody, no, they don't. Everybody here may have an iPhone, but in other parts of the world, they have another phone. It looks just like an iPhone, but it's called something else. And they learn. So we need to, we need to see the world differently. And, and that's what, so when you're, when you open yourself up to this, you open yourself even more. So I'm, yeah, I, I, you know, I got 20 more years left <laughs> to helping people democratize. Uh, uh, look at David Weald. He's a dear friend. He's an advisor in my company. He's a shareholder in my company. I'm very proud. He's, we're the only company that he is involved with in this nature in the private markets al al along, along with us. 
his other company, his own personal company. But his mission to this day, it took him 10 years. Imagine by himself, even before I met him, 10 years to change the regulations because he saw how one group of people were making all the money. And he was one of them. Imagine having the foresight to say, hey, we need to make a change because we don't. Um, you know, the public markets is just never going to keep growing. And he was right. And now look at that. Congress believe in the column, the father of the jobs act. And you can go to Wikipedia and you'll see it, uh, David Wield. And this is a man that uh, took diligently stood there and, and lobbying Congress and Senate day after day after day. And today he still doesn't give up. So what's he fighting for today? Minorities, minorities, people like me, minorities, people of color, people, you know, women, because we the the numbers are are still skewed that one group gets more than the other. Why? Why should men get more money than females? And 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 here's the other thing: men get more money than females, but females are better CEOs. <laughs> I, you know, it's uh, so. This is where so a light is shining in all of this. What does that mean? We're seeing the market. We're seeing it. We're 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 being exposed to what it what's happening because before we didn't have visibility and visibility is important it it gives us clarity into what's possible when people talk to me today they go oscar i had no idea i had no idea it was 4.5 trillion i know it's in a wake up but the bigger part is that online investing was 151 billion and it was zero in 2012 zero in 2013 it's it's been in, in less than eight years. Imagine what the next 10 years will look like for us. And that is when you know you've made a change. You you fundamentally have changed the way things are being done. And you're just at the cusp of bringing it on. But it requires the, the, the commitment by people like David Wheel, Sarah Hanks, Douglas Elena, Marty Tate, and thousands of other dedicated professionals who have dedicated their last 10, 14 years of their lives to m help everyone be educated into how this can work. And, you know, the sad part is of all this is that it, it, it's still in the what we call the grassroots level. One day it will be picked up by a major box so everybody can hear. It. And I, I, I look forward to that moment because it, it will be good for my children and your children. See, that's the way I got, I got three boys, right? So, well, Oscar, I, you, I, you, you're giving credit to a lot of people on the show. Uh, now I'm going to give you credit because you are also one of the pioneers here because you started this just as it all started and you created a platform that can facilitate things, you know, for both the you know, investors and, you know, small entrepreneurs or, or younger ones or just, you know, uh, I guess ambitious entrepreneurs or existing ones for that matter, right? You just created an, ex an exchange platform, basically, where people can can do this simply with the compliance component in there, where it's it's safe, secure. They don't have to worry about you know uh, any regulatory issues, and they can still get things done and grow up their business. Ultimately, uh, serve the, the the economy because at the end of the day, uh, you know, it is always small business is the backbone of 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 our communities, right? I mean, think about right. it. The majority is, is small. Now, obviously, you, you can't compare with some of these large ones, but some of these small businesses eventually get good CEOs, maybe women CEOs who take them to the next level. You never know. This is happening and it's happened and we've seen a lot of good success examples on models out there. 
Uh, so again, I just wanted to give you that that credit because I I, I I do believe that you know you're you're onto something, and uh, you and I always admire people who always never forget the people that were you know their uh, mentors or they're the ones who actually you know were there for them to to give them the opportunity to do more and and and, and have a legacy as you would you know, you're building today. So Oscar, I mean, we've covered a lot of grounds here. Um, yeah, I will certainly make sure that we have the website, you know, on on the description of the show, as well as the ebook uh, link. I'm not sure if it's on the website, so people can just go get it directly. Um, so you and I, we can talk about, you know, how we can get that, you know, on on this, so people can actually uh, learn quick and hopefully, you know, use the platform, use the services. Uh, and again, if you're watching or listening right now and you have an idea of business, you're already in business. Uh, this could be something that can trigger a little bit more activities and action from you. If you're already in business and you are looking to to get to the next level, uh, this can help as well. So hopefully we are we brought in this enough information to get you going. Obviously, this is just a startup. I mean, you go on the website, you'll do more of the work, uh, and uh, it's all laid out in in how uh, Oscar you know uh, described it. All right, Oscar, any last words of wisdom for our audiences today? All I can say, everything's possible, and you know we're just keep keep moving forward from entrepreneurs, from investors. The doors open, and you never have to look back. You finally get an opportunity to participate and build your wealth like everybody else. Uh, uh, that's it. I can't say no more. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar, thank you so much for being with us today, thank and thank you for bringing in all your valuable insights here. Uh, you're welcome, uh, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show. And again, uh, you know, do check out uh, the the website Core Chain and um, and also Core Connects. Right, that's the other you know sister company. Um, both have different operational stuff, and uh, you know, but they all link up to the same concept. So uh, check them out. Uh, that being said, I'm Hurricane H. Uh, hope you enjoyed again the show one more time, and we'll be talking soon. New day, new show, and topic. Bye for now. There's a lot of talk all over the Internet these days about the remarkable benefits of Carbon 60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Whatever generation you're in, if you want more energy, better health, and a boost in vitality, we invite you to try Greska's Carbon 60, a stunning development in free radical destruction. Being much smaller in size than conventional antioxidants derived from fruits and vegetables, it is far more bioavailable to quickly mend the toxin-crippled cells in your body. Greska's Carbon 60 is the only C60 product that is made without the use of undesirable solvents. The only one. Greska's Carbon 60 was developed by a brilliant NASA carbon scientist and 95% report positive results from this Nobel Prize winning technology in just four days. Visit c-60.com. That's c-60.com or call 720-600-6040. 